Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Well, we do this periodically. Today we're doing it again. It's a nonprofit spotlight. There are many needs in our communities, especially during these extraordinary times. And we'd love to shine a light on your favorite nonprofit or individual doing good in your community. Amy Anderson, Director of Outreach for Sunshine Terrace Foundation and Spiritual Counselor with Sunshine Hospice in Logan, who's going to join us for the hour. And we'll hear from representatives from other nonprofits throughout the hour, uh, but mostly we hope to hear from you. You can reach us right now to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, email us in the information. We'll give a few minutes to your favorite nonprofit or individual. Give them some much-deserved uh, little bit of a spotlight. Uh, and we welcome uh, in Amy Anderson. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to hear your voice, and I'm looking forward to the next time when we do this that we can be together in studio. Yes, yes. It's 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 been a long stretch here with uh, nothing but uh, phone and not seeing faces. So I'm hopeful next time as well. Um, so uh, my first, I always want to check in with Sunshine Terrace um, and how how things are going there and. And I guess more broadly, the you know care facilities. It's it's been a it's been a long year, with a lot of it isolation. It sure has. Yeah, it sure has. And um, you know what, we've gotten some you know great news from the state over the last couple of weeks regarding um, changing the regulations so that families can have greater access to their loved ones that are residents in, in care facilities throughout the state. Um, there's different rules for skilled nursing facilities than from assisted living, but I encourage people, if there's somebody you know who is in a in a care center, you know, reach out, give them a call, find out what their visitation policy is has changed to, and take advantage of the opportunity to maybe be able to see them face-to-face, especially as the weather gets nicer and it's easier to visit people outdoors. Um, you know, reach out, make their day. One thing I know we've been pretty excited about is that We've just gotten word at our assisted living that we're going to be able to start um, doing worship services again, which I know has been a big loss to many of those individuals. You know, I I really thank UPR for being willing to re-air the Easter program that we did last year so that people had an opportunity to tune in and and listen to that again. But yeah, it's it's been a long year, but with spring brings new life and new awakenings, and um, it's we're we're all pretty excited. That's that's all I can say. So I guess the best thing is uh, c- call uh, the care facility, ask them what the current visitation policy is. It it may well have changed since you last check in. Absolutely, and again, there's different different rules depending on the level of care that's being provided. Um, one thing too, Tom, that is is enabled us to do is we re- we're restarting our dementia dialogue series actually today. I've talked about that before on the program. It's a it's a series of classes for individuals who are impacted by dementia, and Dennis Wildman and I co-facilitate that. We're going to be holding that on Wednesdays in April from 3.30 to 5, and are able to do that in person in the works, our outpatient um, therapy and fitness center, and we'll be doing that again in June and then in September. So, I know this has been a struggle for a lot of families that have felt very isolated in their homes, have not been able to maybe get uh, resources that they wish or the support that they need. So we're excited to be able to offer that again in person um, for people so that they can get new tools and learn better how to, to be a good caregiver. 
Well, I mean, we've got a bunch of emails. Um, I want to get to those. But before I do, I, I'm, I've been thinking a lot, especially, you know, during these, these difficult times during the pandemic, about how everything uh, fits together. So in addition to being Sunshine Terrace, you're also on the Logan Municipal Council. So, you know, that's part of the, the, you know, the solution to a lot of problems, right? Government and uh, a lot of for-profit businesses do a lot of great good. But uh, what if you talk about how the nonprofits and individuals fit in here? It's, it's very, very important to the fabric of any community. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we've, we've seen the spirit of cooperation from a lot of our local businesses in terms of doing their part to try to help reduce the spread of COVID. Nonprofits have all stepped together. Um, you know, Bear River uh, Health Department has been phenomenal in terms of the outreach that they've done and their connection and their, their involvement with volunteers. That's a group I was trying to get a hold of to come in and speak because, oh my gosh, those immunization clinics, they relied so heavily on volunteers to come and help direct people to, to check them in, to administer the vaccines. I mean, our community was pretty darn phenomenal in terms of helping to make sure that everybody had access to those vaccines and, and could kind of return to normalcy. So a shout out to everybody who helped with those. It was really terrific to see. And um, you may have heard some of the stories that came out of there about how, you know, people driving up in their cars were cheering and, and so excited. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that is wonderful. Well, we uh, do have our, our first, we prepared a few uh, uh, calls uh, during this hour, along with the, your emails. And we'll definitely get to your email. But uh, Michael Bingham has called in. Michael, uh, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Tom. Hey, good, Hi, to, good to talk to you. Hi, Tom. Uh, so, so, Michael, yeah, uh, obviously you're with the Jump the Moon uh, Studios, right? What's what's going on with the with Jump the Moon? Yeah, we've had some real changes. I was just thinking four years ago uh, you did this program, and I was speaking to you from uh, Ridgeline High School where I was teaching art, and I had just started a uh, art adapt to helping people with disabilities on Main Street called Jump the Moon Art Studio. Big purple building with a moon on it, kind of near the dollar store and H&R Block. And uh, I remember four years ago being so excited about what the future might hold for us. And um, boy, there's been a lot of changes in the last four years that have really affected us in a lot of ways. But I thought it might be good to give a little update on what's happening with us. Yeah, yeah. First of all, for people who don't know, uh, tell folks what Jump the Moon is and does. Uh, Jump the Moon is an art studio for the whole community, actually. Anybody who wants to just be creative and explore uh, art and uh, their imagination in creative, fun ways. Um, But as a high school art teacher, I had a lot of students who had... uh, disabilities. I don't use the word disabilities. I, I prefer to call them diverse abilities. And I could see that there was a need for a bigger studio and more time to be devoted to people and their abilities, find out what they can do. And that uh, often making art is a great form of expression and communication. So I started developing 
adaptive tools, including uh, wheelchairs, power chairs that are painting machines and handheld devices that do all kinds of fun stuff and make art and um, just making it so we leveled the playing field and made it so everybody can make art, no matter what their, um, you know, challenge in life is. We, uh, in fact, we love even uh, the most severe challenges. We love to tackle that challenge and make it so that that person can join in the process of art making. And we had this great studio on Main Street, but unfortunately, um, we are a bit of a casualty of COVID. Uh, we had to shut down for many months and still pay rent. But uh, even now, uh, our people that we were serving, um, actually Sunshine Terrace had sent over a group uh, not long before COVID, and uh, we had a great time making art with them and um, all the other uh, organizations we work with, like Cash Employment and Training and and uh, Options for Independence and Common Ground. There's so many good nonprofits in this valley that do a lot of work with people that have challenges. Um, but uh, we've really, our numbers have been cut way down, and we lost our lease on that space on Main Street. And currently, our um, most of our stuff is in storage, but we're uh, still doing art projects and art events in the Cache Valley Center for the Arts. And um, and if you'd like, I could share the hours when those are open to the public to yeah. come and join in with yes, us. Yes, definitely. Okay, Monday and Wednesday from 1 o'clock till 5, uh, and then Saturday from 11 till 3 are public hours. Anybody's welcome to come. There's a suggested $5 donation. Uh, we provide all the art supplies and mentoring. And um, we are on the second floor in the art room. And if you look at the Cash Valley Center for the Arts, the Eccles Theater building, there's a big marquee on the sidewalk. It's the room right above the marquee. And there's an elevator if needed, and there's stairs in the front. But we would love to see more of our friends come and, and just have an enjoyable time making art with us. Well, I'm glad you found space there. Uh, so uh, how can people help? I, I imagine you take, uh, you know, donations and such and, uh, uh, I don't know, volunteers, whatever. What What's a good contact point? Yeah, a great uh, place to go check on what's going on is jumpthemoon.org. And, uh, or people can email me at michael at jumpthemoon.org. And um, we are really searching and in need of a new space. So if anybody in the community has a space available um, that we could make our new home, uh, we're, we're really um, out there trying to find a place. But uh, uh, maybe somebody out there knows of a space that would be a good uh, art studio. Uh, so that's one thing, and donations are wonderful, too. Um, we're plugging along, and I feel like we've turned a corner and are starting to come back, and uh, we're just excited to be part of the community and, and do what we can to help and be a fun, creative place for everybody. Well, it's wonderful. Well, Michael Bingham, thanks so much for everything you do there, Jump the Moon. Yeah, thanks for doing this day of... Uh, Collins, um, I mentioned several nonprofits, but uh, Cash Valley, 
I've lived other places in the world, and we are richly blessed with people who care in this valley, not only the nonprofits, but the people that support them. And so um, I just want to also thank everybody who's been supportive for us over the last four years, and we wouldn't still be around without you. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Michael Bingham, Jump the Moon. Uh, JumpTheMoon.org is the place to go there. Uh, so, Amy Edison, I want to I want to get a couple of emails in here. Um, Great. This is, uh, let's see, Monica Lopez emailed in. She was the first in, uh, in fact, uh, I think a couple of days ago. <laughs> uh, she said, uh, <laughs> she said I received an email from the Cash Interagency Group about spotlighting a nonprofit. I'd love to submit information about the nonprofit I work for, Grand Families. Are you raising a relative's child? Grand Families is a support, advocacy, educational, and crisis intervention program designed to provide information and support to kinship families so that the needs of safety and permanency for the children can be met. We provide free services, which include crisis intervention, adult children and adolescent support groups, links to community resources, assistance with guardianship paperwork, drug and alcohol prevention services for children. Cash office, uh, 435-227-1892. They have a toll-free number, 1-800-839-7444. Or you can email them to grandfamilies at cssutah.org. She says, thank you for all you do. Please do not hesitate to to email me with any questions. That's Monica Lopez. She's with Grand Families, which is with the Children's Service Society of Logan, and you can find more at uh, cssutah.org. So that sounds like a great organization. It is. It's been up here, I want to say, maybe four years. And um, it is, it's true that there's many families that find themselves in that position where they're, they're raising their adult children's children. And, you know, life is different as you age. And so getting some of those supports, I think, is very important for those families. Very good. Um, let's see. Next one up is a brief. This is from uh, Wendy Hassan with Cache Valley Center for the Arts. Wendy says, this is more about volunteers, but I just got my second shot at Bear River Health Department. They had the best volunteers helping with that effort. Um, Let's see. Uh, And she mentioned some folks. Uh, Candace Berthrong and Casey Allen are the two I knew by name. So give a shout out to to those two by name. And the others uh, will remain more anonymous, but are doing great work. Yeah, when I went in for my uh, shot, uh, Amy, uh, there, they had some great volunteers there. It made, made it a very pleasant experience. It sure did. It sure did. Uh, let's see. So we have uh, another call. Um, Rhonda Krzyzewnik uh, has uh, called in. Rhonda, did I get your name correct? Yes, you did. Thank you. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, well, tell us about that. That's the, kind of a small miracle there, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, Rhonda, tell us, uh, tell us who you're calling in about. Um, I am calling for our little nonprofit called Poor Helping Hearts. Um, we started this uh, charity in September of last year. There's three other ladies that are involved with this group, and... Um, we saw a need to help individuals or families in our community who are homeless and need, like, immediate assistance. And um, so we work with um, CAPSA and a couple local churches here and um, 
also work with the Villa 364, which used to be form- formerly Econo Lodge, to get um, them temporary housing until um, Bragg can um, get them into something more permanent. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we fall in the realm of things. Well, very good. Uh, wonderful. Uh, how, how could people help? Uh, how can people get in contact? Well, we have a um, Facebook page called Four Helping Hearts, and you can message us uh, on there, and uh, we will get back to you as soon as we can. Um, there are uh, Our name is getting out there more and more, so organizations know who we are, and uh, they know how to get a hold of us, and we, you know, do do it as quickly as we can because some of these people have been living on the streets and they need uh, housing and, you know, food, clothes sometimes. So we also um, address, you know, if they need to pay a utility bill or something like that, we um, have the capabilities to get on our website and say, hey, we got this family who needs help with this utility, and uh, we have great members um, on our page, and they send in donations, and then we can get their utilities pulled back up or, you know, paid or whatever. So, yeah, that's how, how you can get a hold of us. Oh, wonderful. Well, it sounds like some great work there. We, we really appreciate you sharing that with us. And Rhonda, yes. thank you. Um, I recently yeah. moved, and it was really wonderful to be able to have a place to donate some of the excess household goods and furniture that we had. So I encourage anybody. I mean, I know there's wonderful places to do- to make donations, like somebody's attic and and the DI. But for Helping Hearts, if they have a specific need, is also a great place to touch base with and see if they can use some of those things that you might not need as you do your spring cleaning. Yes, and we appreciate your donation as well because we did, um, you know, a lot of the homeless people don't have, uh, all. you know, may, may, might have a bag of clothes and that's about it. So when we get them into a unit that has, um, you know, you can cook for yourself, they're like, okay, I don't have anything to cook with. So we can get cookware, you know, donated or um, extra blankets or, you know, sheets or whatever. So, yeah, it's really helpful to get um, donations from uh, citizens in the in the community. So we appreciate your, your thoughtfulness, Amy. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for everything that the, the four of you are, have done and pulled together. It's pretty, it's, it's another example of how generous people here are in Cache Valley. So thank you, Rhonda. Thank you. You're thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Uh, we have uh, some more uh, calls we're going to, to make and uh, get to your email as well, but let's let's take a break right now. Uh, we're talking with Amy Anderson with Sunshine Terrace Foundation, and uh, she is helping us with the hour to shine a spotlight on nonprofits and individuals doing a great good in uh, your community. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've been, we concentrate a lot on Cache Valley. That's where we're located here. But, uh, you know, if you're in St. George, Vernal, Delta, uh, you know, wherever you might be, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. The The email is the same, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We'll have more following this.
Support for Utah Public Radio programming comes from our members and Palmer Home Furnishings, offering a variety of bedroom sets and mattresses from brands like Maloof, Spring Air, and Serta. Located at 1670 South Highway 165 in Providence. Information at palmerhomefurnishings.com. Next time on The Pulse, researchers are finding out more about how kids learn. What happens in the brain when we learn is there's change in the brain. Your brain creates new connections. But how much of these findings are actually making it into schools? Teaching reading is rocket science. The role of research in education. Friday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're doing a nonprofit spotlight. Many folks do essential good in our communities, and we want to shine a, a spotlight, albeit brief, on uh, nonprofits and individuals that uh, you can identify doing good in your community. Uh, here's how you reach us it's email upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com. We've also prepared a few. Uh, folks to call in as well. And we have with us Amy Anderson with Sunshine uh, Terrace uh, Foundation. Uh, so Amy Anderson, uh, before we get the next person on the line, uh, anybody you want to spotlight? Well, I actually would like to spotlight Cash Community Connections, which is an organization that that, that I'm involved in on every level of my life, um, from civic to, to nonprofit to my personal faith life. For those who aren't aware, Cash Community Connections is a civic and interfaith group that's been in existence since um, 9-11. And the most recent project, because of the fact that we weren't able to do the in-person events we've been doing, was to um, celebrate the diversity of our community by reaching across the ethnic and social lines um, that exist. And so um, individuals were interviewed and those interviews can be found at cashcommunityconnections.org backslash connecting neighbors. Um, and members of that group have been interviewing individuals, um, including Jimmy Moore, who was a basketball coach at Utah State, Darren Perry, who people may be familiar with as the um, chair, past chair of the Shoshone Nation, um, Sabor Sahaley from Angie's Restaurant. Um, and I'm sure, I, I know I'm missing the names of, of three of the other people, but a shout-out to one of our volunteers, Carol Fote, who's a member of CCC, who's been conducting these interviews. Um, I encourage you to go and, and look at them and, and find out their stories of resiliency. It all kind of was generated from the fact that every faith tradition pretty much has love thy neighbor as one of their core values. And so this is just an attempt to help people understand what our differences are, but also to see what our similarities are. So, you know, shout out to CCC. If anyone's interested in, in learning more, they can go to that webpage. There's also a Facebook group, um, but you may be familiar with the Thanksgiving celebration and the Martin Luther King celebration that typically was done at the Logan Tabernacle with this group. But great organization and one I'm very proud to be involved with. Cash Community Connections. Very good. We're good. Th thanks for spotlighting them. Yeah, they do a lot of good. Uh, let's see, we have a, a caller uh, next up, uh, Kim Robison. Uh, Kim, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, let's, who do you want to spotlight? Oh, um, I am involved with the 
the program called My Discovery Destination. I'm a parent that is involved with it, and I found it back in October. And their whole platform is to build bonds with family and to build family relations and to learn how to have better communication and all that within your relationship with your spouse and your kids and all that. And they do so many fun activities. Everything they do is is free to the public and to families. And I, like I said, I started it back in October and I have a young boy who has anxiety really, really bad. And we've been going to therapy for six plus years. And when we started this, he told the psychologist about it. And the psychologist talked about how when kids have anxiety, one of the best way to help them is to bond as a family and help them feel secure and safe within the walls of the home. And that's the whole point of my discovery destination. They just, they put out, if you download or if you heard of the app, Goose Chase app, they do lots of fun hunts. They're doing run right now that's called Spring Fling, and anybody can join, and you just do fun challenges with your kids, and they're easy and quick. Like one of them is you're supposed to go buy a bunch of different peeps of flavors and then try them all and decide as a family your favorite. My kids hate peeps, but it's fun to do it anyway mm-hmm. and to spend those fun easy moments to build those bonds with your family. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, so tell us again the, the, the program and then uh, then remind us about it, the app as it, well. If you go to mydiscoverydestination.com, you can find them online, or you can also go to Goose Chase, or if you download the Goose Chase app and search for Watson Spring Fun Family Hunt, you can also find them there. Or you can also find them on Facebook at Discovery Family Fun Chase Valley, uh, Valley, and all the information's on there. And they've also started a program that I'm being part of. It's called Parent Conversation Conversations. So every Monday at one, we have different guest speakers that speak. The last month, we've done teaching kids about finance. This coming Monday, we're going to have somebody come and talk about um, abuse prevention, where it's abuse pre- uh, prevention month. So lots of fun things they're doing. Well, that sounds wonderful. Uh, what's good contact point? Do they have a website or anything to people yeah, can? Yeah, mydiscoverydestination.com. Mydiscoverydestination.com. Well, that sounds like wonderful, yep. wonderful programs there. Uh, thank you so much for shining a spotlight on that. You're welcome. Thank you for having okay, me. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, um, bye. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Kim who's uh, called in. That's apparently uh, great programs helping her uh, her son, for example. Um, so Amy had a bunch more emails here. It's, it's been very popular, and we appreciate that. Upraxcess at gmail dot com. Upraxcess at gmail dot com. We're shining a spotlight on your favorite nonprofit or individual. Um, let's see. I will say I want to give a shout out to Cash Interagency Council for for spreading the news about the program today. Um, that is a, a loose affiliation of nonprofits here in the valley that meets monthly, and um, they've been they've been terrific at helping all of the nonprofits kind of stay up to date on what each other is doing, connecting us to one another, and helping provide information about your show today too, Tom. Yeah, so wonderful. A shout out to Passion Agency. Thank you for that. Uh, we'll mention uh, Stokes Nature Center. I apologize. This came in from Patrick Kelly, Director of Education. 
they prepared some audio for us, and I, uh, I, I didn't pre-read this, <laughs> so I apologize, Patrick. We'll we'll try to get this on tomorrow, on on the program. It wouldn't give me a, a chance to prepare this audio. So, uh, thanks. That's that's pretty prepared of you, and unprepared of me. So we'll just mention at this point, uh, Stokes Nature Center. They do a, a lot of great good. Uh, you can go to find them at Logan Nature. Uh, dot org. They uh, they do uh, tours and nature hikes. Uh, they're they're just up Logan Canyon. They do a lot of good. So Patrick, I'll uh, we'll get that ready for uh, for tomorrow. That audio they prepared for us. Um, let's see. Next up is uh, Giselle. Giselle says thank you for taking the time to highlight the organizations and individuals doing good in our community. Um, and here's the spotlight: public and school partnership. A public and school partnership, PSP, is an educational nonprofit organization based at, uh, uh, let's see, I've got some information coming in that's obscuring my uh, copy here. I'll scroll this up. Uh, public and school partnership, PSP, is an educational nonprofit organization based at Utah State University in Cache Valley. PSP's full-time and summer associate AmeriCorps VISTA members are placed in schools and nonprofit organizations across northern Utah. VISTA members commit to a full year or summer term of service during which they work full-time to improve education and eradicate poverty in our community. Visit publicschoolpartnership.com. That's publicschoolpartnership.com for current one-year VISTA or, and summer associate openings. PSP is proud of our, our, the work their VISTA members do and are honored to support them in their service. Thanks. That's uh, Giselle, who is with um, the uh, Public and School Partnership. You can find them at publicschoolpartnership.com. So, Amy Anderson, I had not been aware of them. Sounds like they do some good work. Yeah, for sure. And they, that's what one thing I really enjoy about this program is learning about different organizations that we may not have been aware of. Uh, let's see. We do have on the line now um, Jody West uh, has joined us. Jody, thanks for calling. Of course. Thank you for asking. Uh, so I understand you're with Help Me Grow Utah. What's what? What are they about? Tell us about them. Yeah. So uh, Help Me Grow. We are statewide information and referral phone number that anyone can call that is pregnant or have children birth through the age of eight, and we can help them get connected to community resources, informational resources, as well as we can send parents free screenings for child development that they can do in home to kind of track their child's development and know what milestones it is that they should be meeting based on how old they are. And then if concerns come up, we can help get them connected to activities that they can do in home, as well as community resources that may help um, improve their child's development. Well, that sounds wonderful. Uh, What are some needs? Uh, How can people help? And, And a contact point for you guys. Yeah, so if anyone has questions and wants to get connected to us, there's a couple different ways they can contact us. Um, Anyone is welcome to call us through our direct phone number, which is 801-691-5322. And you're also welcome to go to our website, which is helpmegrowutah.org, and we have a lot of information on child development directly from our website. Uh, you can complete screenings directly from our website. We have a blog that shares a lot of information on different topics on early childhood. You can enroll directly from our website. Um, just a lot of information to try to help parents with young children. 
Wonderful. What's so, wonderful about this program is it's available to anybody throughout the state of Utah. Um, I know, Tom, you had mentioned earlier we were kind of spotlighting Cache Valley programs, but this is one of those ones. I believe, Jody, you guys are based in Provo um, in Utah County, but they serve the entire state. Correct. Yeah, our all of our parent support specialists that work with families, everything we do is virtually, and our call center is based in Provo, but we're here to support families across Utah. Well, uh, tell us contact point again. Where can people reach you? Yeah, of course. Our phone number is 801-691-5322, and our website is helpmegrowutah.org. All right. Uh, very good. Uh, Jody West from Help Me Grow Utah has has called us. Appreciate the good work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Uh, let's see. Next up is uh, an email. Hillary Shugart with Bridgeland Audubon Society. Hillary says the Bridgeland Audubon Society's mission is protecting the nature of Utah for people and wildlife. And we're proud to be partnering with Utah Public Radio to co-sponsor the weekly nature series, Wild About Utah. Yes, thank you for that. The Bridgeland Audubon Society has been contributing community science data for the Christmas bird count since 1956. We continue to engage and inform through a variety of activities. For information on our conservation, education, and recreation opportunities, find us on Facebook and online at BridgelandAudubon.org. That's Bridgeland, A-U-D-U-B-O-N, dot org for Bridgeland Audubon. Uh, society. Uh, thanks, Hillary, for that information, and we, we appreciate your uh, help with Wild About Utah and all the, the great work that you do. Uh, Amy Anderson, anyone you'd uh, like to spotlight at this point? Well, one program that I've um, get, been getting information from is the Sound Beginnings program at Utah State University. Um, it's an early education program that is um, has, well, hopefully now it will be more home-based, but home and center-based services for children with a, a diagnosed hearing loss. And so it's to help those families help their children learn to listen and talk. Um, they're up on the Utah State campus in the Communicative Disorders and Deaf Education Department. And um, I just heard fantastic things about um, families that have been involved in this. They do screening for, for children, um, who are where families have concerns, and then again they have these um, individual programs that will really help kids um, to be able to interact and um, be the best that they can be. So if people are interested in that um, sound beginnings, they can contact Nicole Jacobson, and her phone number is four three five seven nine seven nine two three five. Um, so, again, sound beginnings um, for families with children with the diagnosed hearing loss up at Utah State. Well, wonderful. Um, we have a couple more emails. We'll get to those um, after a break. And uh, hope to have your email as well. Um, we're looking for your favorite nonprofit or individual doing good in your community. A chance to shine a spotlight on them. Uh, thank them publicly for the, the good that they're doing. Uh, the, the best place to get us is our email, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We have us with us for the hour, Amy Anderson with Sunshine Terrace Foundation, and hope to hear from you as well following this break. Set sail for the Caribbean with us on the next Putumayo World Music Hour. We'll visit Kingston Harbor and Montego Bay and dance to the pulsing tropical beat of reggae and other island styles. One. 
I'm Rosalie Howarth. Join us for Jamaica, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Join us Thursday night at 10 on Utah Public Radio. A new baseball season is here. It's gone. Yeah. But for minor league players, it's not all about home runs and glory. Ready, set, throw. Why there's no cheering on payday on the next Reveal. Saturday at noon on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. I'm joined for the hour by Amy Anderson, who's with Sunshine Terrace Foundation in Logan. And uh, hope to be joined by you by email. We're doing a nonprofit spotlight. There's a lot of great good being done in our communities by nonprofits and individuals. And here's a chance to uh, shine a brief spotlight on your favorite nonprofit or individual and give contact point and a shout out. Uh, so the email is upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. So, Amy, a couple more um, emails here. Um, this one is it comes in from Fairtrade Logan. We are a non, local nonprofit called Fairtrade Logan. Fairtrade Logan is a local initiative under the national organization Fairtrade Campaigns. Our organization is working towards getting Logan recognized as a fair trade town by identifying businesses and organizations who offer fair trade products, educating the community on fair trade principles, and encouraging fair trade buying practices at all levels of the supply chain. Our next step in the process will be to work with Logan City Council with the objective of passing an initiative in support of fair trade, which will be the last step before receiving our recognition. If we can successfully pass this local initiative with the Logan City Council, we will be the first city in Utah to be recognized fair trade town. Our mission for Fair Trade Logan is to lead Utah in educating and inspiring the community about conscious consumerism, sustainability, and global culture through expansion and accessibility of fair trade products. Everyone can, everyone can help by being more conscious about what we buy and looking for fair trade labels on products we purchase. To get more involved, you can contact us at fairtradelogan at gmail.com. That's fairtradelogan at gmail.com. And visit our website at fairtradecampaigns.org slash campaign slash Logan. I'll say that again as well. The website is fairtradecampaigns.org slash campaign slash Logan. So that's from Fairtrade Logan. Thank you for that. And uh, let's see, the, the last email I have in at this point is uh, comes from uh, Giselle. Uh, Giselle is spotlighting the Unicorn Theater Nonprofit Children's Theater. Unicorn Theater is theater by children for children. Giselle says, My beloved grandmother, Ruth Burley Call, 1928 to 2004, founded Unicorn Theater in 1962 to provide affordable, quality, creative drama training for children in Cache Valley, helping develop their talents and self-esteem. Unicorn Theater also provides an outlet for children's growing creativity by offering opportunities to participate in live theatrical productions as actors, technicians, and audience members. 
Unicorn Theater encourages children's interest in and appreciation for the arts. Unicorn Theater has continued to be a treasured asset in Cache Valley, Utah. We have been incredibly grateful for our community's continued support of Unicorn Theater and the arts in Cache Valley. And uh, she signs it Giselle Bandley, Artistic Director, Unicorn Theater. So I imagine you could reach them by just Googling Unicorn Theater. Uh, that's a, a great uh, group in, in Cache Valley. Uh, it sure is. So there's a couple of things going on at the family place, too, that I'd like to highlight, um, Tom. Yes. It is, April is uh, National Child Abuse Prevention Month, and they are holding their annual Blue Ribbon Benefit Dinner virtually this year. So if people are interested in learning more about that, they could go to thefamilyplace.org. It's going to be held on April 23rd, um, and it is $100 a ticket, $800 for a virtual table. They're doing a virtual silent auction. People can go and pick up their dinner and then uh, go home and watch the virtual program and participate in the auction. So if people are interested in learning more about that, they should go to thefamilyplaceutah.org. They're also holding uh, a pickleball tournament um, on, gosh, let me find that date again, on Saturday, April 17th from 10 to 2 at the Bridger Park Pickleball Courts. So if you're interested in participating in that, it's $30 a team, $15 a person. It's doubles. Um, so, again, contact the family place and um, go out, get some exercise, uh, get yourself healthier, and help support the family place during this important month of recognition of uh, the fact that there, unfortunately, are children in our community who are not living in a safe environment. The family place, yeah, they, they do some very, very great work. Um, yeah, thanks for spotlighting them. Amy, I don't want to spotlight Little Lambs Foundation for kids. Uh, I have some friends who uh, do a lot with them, and they do they do uh, great work. Um, and uh, they uh, provide diapers and baby supplies to low-income families and comfort kits to children who are placed in foster care, entering emergency shelters, and escaping domestic violence. And uh, so they provide uh, basic necessities that uh, families can't afford or otherwise do not have access uh, to. Uh, with your support, uh, the foundation stocks local emergency safe houses and division of child and family services offices with hands-on resources to distribute to children and families in desperate need. So that's Little Lambs Foundation for Kids. You can find them at littlelambsofutah.org, littlelambsofutah.org. Yeah, and they, actually Ted came and spoke. Uh, he opened our city council meeting last night um, and talked about the fact that I want to say they had 800,000 diapers donated or distributed during this, this COVID year, which he described as being three semis lined up back to back. Wow. They do have their next diaper distribution um, this Saturday, April 10th from 12 to 2. Um, and yeah, it's, it's something that we don't often think about, but we often worry about food poverty for people. But for families with young children, Diaper security is one of the significant things that they worry about, sometimes even more than access to food because of the various programs that are available um, to help feed people. So, yeah, Little Lambs is, has been a phenomenal new nonprofit here in our valley, and, and they've, they've really helped to support many, many families over the last, um, last couple of years. 
Uh, so Ed, other groups you'd like to, to spotlight, Amy Anderson, uh, often uh, during this program we're, we're uh, struggling to get uh, things in. I think we I successfully front-loaded it uh, this time around. Yes, um, that, so that was a great job. That's yeah. good. So I, I do want to let people know, you know, United Way of Cash Valley has been a stalwart supporter of so many different um, organizations here in Cache County for so many years, and they just they just got a new director. Um, his name is Jimmy Berman. People may know Jimmy. He was working at um, Stevens Henniger College as their director, but he just joined them. He is, you know, full of enthusiasm and working hard to get uh, the United Way. Um, reinvigorated, I guess would be a way to phrase that. They do have their date scheduled for their annual fall uh, day of caring. It's going to be September 9th. Um, it's an, a time where local businesses can help local nonprofits with a project that we're not able to complete either to budget or staffing. So um, the United Way reaches out to organizations to find out what their needs are and then they connect with local businesses to have people come and do that day of caring. I know Sunshine Terrace has been a beneficiary of that. We've had um, groups come and, you know, like wash all of our exterior windows for us, which is, you know, something if you've ever had your windows washed at home, you know how expensive that can be. Um, so they've, they've provided organizations to come and wash our windows for us in the fall. Um, I know that they've done projects for the city as well. They've done river cleanups. They've done... Uh, work at different painting at different um, nonprofits. So if you're interested as a business and pulling together your employees to really have that opportunity to give back, I would encourage you to contact Jimmy. His number is 702-354-8412. But again, United Way of Cash Valley has been a great organization that supported so many of us and are a wonderful intermediary between the business community and the nonprofits in our valley. That is wonderful. Um, we'd have about uh, four minutes left. You could get your email in to us if you do it quickly, upraccess at gmail.com. By the way, at the end of the program, since it's Wednesday, we'll have our, our latest uh, Beehive Archive uh, feature. Um, uh, Amy, I want to uh, spotlight uh, a service center, Valar Christensen Service Center at Utah State University, this is where I point uh, the freshman students that I uh, that I teach every year uh, to try to encourage them to uh, to do service. Often take them down to Sunshine Terrace as well, get give them that exposure. Uh, but Valar yeah. Christensen Service Center, which which can give uh, folks if you're at USU, uh, uh, there's it's kind of a clearinghouse. A lot of organizations there, and you can find one that uh, you'd like to uh, help or, or volunteer with. You can find them at usu.edu/service/center. usu.edu/service/center. So I have one other event that I think is um, really important. We've seen a rise in suicide over the last year, and the Cache Valley Suicide Prevention Coalition is going to be holding a mental health awareness and suicide prevention walk here in Cache County on Saturday, May 1st. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a real need to help people um, raise awareness of what they can do um, to help reach out to people who may be struggling with mental health issues. The walk itself is going to be on the 1st between 11 and 1. They are in need of volunteers to help point people in the right direction during the walk. They're going to need help with setup and cleanup. So if individuals are interested in getting involved with helping with that in advance, 
um, I'd encourage them to reach out to Charity Jensen. Her number is 435-792-6519, or they can email Julianne. She is at J-L-N-N, Larson with an E-N, one at gmail.com. Um, again, she's one of the volunteers with the Cash Suicide Prevention Coalition. And this is an organization that's been working hard to help raise awareness. They've been holding some QPR trainings, which is question, um, prevent, refer training, so that individuals understand what to do if they encounter somebody who may be having suicidal thoughts. But it's been a pretty scary time. I think we've all been made well aware in the news of some of the, the tragic cases here in our valley. So again, that's May 1st, the Mental Health Awareness and Suicide Prevention Walk. Okay, um, and we're almost into the program. We had a, a caller. Would a caller uh, welcome to the program? We uh, sorry, we didn't quite catch your name. My name's Shauna. Hi, Shauna. Uh, who would you like to spotlight? Yeah, I'd like to spotlight Cash County Sub for Santa. Great. Uh, so that I, I guess um, uh, this is a year-round uh, uh, type of thing. You might think uh, April, but I imagine you're you're <laughs> you're, you're you're needing uh, donations and help. Yeah, so as a board, uh, we work throughout the year to kind of prepare for our season, which, of course, runs about through from October through the end of December. But in the months leading up to that, we're planning, um, you know, campaigns to receive donations, to fundraise, uh, and just to make sure that the, the season is as organized and runs as, as possible. So, yeah, we, we always welcome... Um, Donations, single item donations. We do appreciate if they are new. Um, but then when the season comes around, we also welcome community members to sponsor families through the Angel Tree that can be found at Smith's Marketplace um, and a few other locations. And then again, we'll take cash donations, we'll take single item donations, and you know, community members don't need to feel um, stressed about donating every item on a child's um, angel tag or anything like that. We'll take a few, you know, items from their angel tag if a, if a community member wants to donate, and then we'll fill the rest. But um, okay, yeah, we'll take. I mean, we'll have fundraisers leading up to that time. So I guess just keep an eye out, and like our Facebook page and okay. all those okay. things. Very good. Uh, we're running out of time here, so uh, quickly, what's the best contact point for, for Sub for Santa? Yeah, Cash County Sub for Santa um, at gmail.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you for, for spotlighting Sub for Santa. Thank you. And uh, Amy Anderson with Sunshine Terrace Foundation, thanks so much for, for coming on again. We appreciate this. You're welcome, Tom. It's, as I said earlier, it's always great to learn about new programs and to support those that we're familiar with here. And um, just quick shout-out to all the people who volunteer for the City of Logan on our different commissions and committees. Uh, the city couldn't run effectively without them. So can't name them all by name. There's hundreds. But thank, thanks to everybody who also supports our civic organizations. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks for listening to Access Utah Today. Beehive Archive is next. It's the Beehive Archive on Utah Public Radio. I'm Megan Weiss. Great Salt Lake is the natural wonder that gave Utah's capital city its name. Yet, it is cut in half, deprived of water, and shrinking before our very eyes. 
This week, learn about the water story of our beloved Great Salt Lake and the warning it presents. First, this. I'm Jody Graham, Director of Utah Humanities. Beehive Archive is brought to you on Utah Public Radio by Utah Humanities with the generous support of the Lawrence T. and Janet T. D. Foundation. We are proud to partner with community organizations to tell Utah stories and hope you will tune in each week for the Beehive Archive. Welcome to the Beehive Archive, a two-minute look at some of the most pivotal and peculiar events in Utah's history. Utah's Great Salt Lake is a remnant of ancient Lake Bonneville. Today, it is the largest saline lake in the Western Hemisphere and keystone to the ecosystem of Northern Utah. Human attempts to dominate its massive waters have radically changed its appearance and ecology. The shrinking lake is Utah's canary in the coal mine, drying up right before our eyes as climate change begins to affect our home. Trouble began for our inland sea in 1904, when the Union Pacific Railroad constructed a 12-mile wooden causeway between the lake's western shore and Promontory Point. It cut the water body in half. The trestle, called the Lucin Cutoff, used wood from almost 40,000 trees, enough for a two-square-mile forest. Eventually, it sank, and the causeway blocked the water flow to the lake's north arm. Now, it is pink in color because increased salinity allows halophilic bacteria to flourish. The less salty south remains a blue-green. Since 1847, the lake's surface has lowered 100 feet, and its surface shrunk by nearly 2,000 square miles as a result. The primary cause is water diversions on its tributaries, as the Bear, Weber, and Jordan Rivers are siphoned off to support Utah's growing population. As a terminal lake, anaerobic bacteria from our runoff builds up poisonous mercury, affecting the migratory birds that frequent its shores from as far away as Mexico and Russia. On top of this, the decreased water levels have left islands high and dry, making nesting birds vulnerable to overland predators. What is the future of our inland sea? As the lake shrinks, environmental issues are starting to appear. Its vast waters have long moderated temperatures and increased precipitation along the Wasatch Mountains. But now, exposed mudflats are contributing to toxic dust in the air we breathe. Our breath, our health, and even some of our key economic industries are threatened by a shrinking Great Salt Lake. With the widespread impacts of climate change increasingly apparent, it is hard to look away from the water management crisis manifesting in our own backyard. Find sources and past episodes of the Beehive Archive at utahumanities.org. For the Beehive Archive, a production of Utah Humanities, I'm Megan Weiss. Utah Public Radio is a statewide service of Utah State University and the